Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We're coming to age time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Let's go. What's happening, everybody? Happy Thursday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. Man, things are popping. A lot of stuff going on. Good to be with you, Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne. What's up, Seth? What's up, man? I was uh, I was just looking at the Texans list of candidates, which now includes Sean Payton, and uh, just marveling and appreciating the fact that there is not there is nary a Josh McCown or similar candidate on it right now. The Texans are the Texans. This is what the Texans are not doing. They're not a. 99 handicapped golfer that's trying to hit a hole in one over the water on a uh, on a 300 yard uh, on a really hard hole. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're 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 gonna they're gonna start with the basics and try to hit it down the fairway the, the way they should. Yes. And uh, they're not gonna try to reinvent the wheel here. They're not gonna try to redefine paradigms or any of the techno mumbo-jumbo buzzword nonsense that had plagued the franchise for a couple of years. Uh, they're just going to go out and try to find good football coaches and hire one of those football coaches. It really is. I mean, the, my, it, there's been a sense of relief for me during this coaching search. You and I were talking before the show and about this, and I first felt it on Sunday night when they fired Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith didn't do a good job this year. This is a team that's in a rebuild. He wasn't going to be the guy moving forward anyways. What does a normal NFL team do in that situation? They basically fire the guy after he gets off the plane on Sunday in week 18, if not before that. So, um, so they fired him on Sunday night, which, you know, which is, you know, Lovey will be fine. The team moves yeah. on. And then by Monday, they've got a list of five candidates they've requested interviews with. And I didn't have to Google any of them, Seth. I knew who they all were. <laughs> I wasn't Googling their names and, f- and seeing that, oh, they share the same name with a personal trainer in Topeka. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Long no. Island. It was Long Island. It was Long David Island. Colley. Okay, yeah. Topeka. David Colley, it was uh, the first, the first guy that popped up was uh, a gym manager from Long <laughs> yeah. Island. And yeah. then there was an electrician. And then there was yeah. a pastor. And then finally, wide receivers coach of the Ravens showed up. I didn't have to do any of that. I knew who they they all were, and then by uh, by yesterday morning, Mike Kafka had been added. I knew who he was. He was added to the list, but the big news yesterday, Peter Schrager, who does a podcast with Sean Payton, tweeted this, 2.42 p.m., as I was sitting next to my son at a bar at 2.42 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> the Houston Good Texans bullshit. have yeah. also, the Houston Texans have also requested, he says also because two other teams requested this same permission. Houston Texans have also requested permission from the Saints to speak with Sean Payton, per sources. He cannot formally interview with any team until January the 17th, but Sean Payton has now been added to the list of interview requests for the Houston Texans. Seth, when you saw that, what was your initial reaction? Uh, I got excited I because I'm, uh, I'm a simple creature, and it's a big name, and he's a proven good coach. And I think, I think when it comes to retreads, 
there there's a natural skepticism. Retreads don't often work out all that great. And uh, but there are some guys where you feel like, okay, but this guy's bona fide. This guy can come in and probably figure out like Parcells is the gold standard of a guy that could go in and just, you know, figure it out and in in a given situation and and still perform. Um, I think Peyton is that guy. It's tempting, I know, for people to think kind of like with Belichick and Brady. Okay, well, yeah, but what did you do? What did you do when you didn't have Sean? uh, When you didn't have either Tom Brady or or Drew Drew Brees? Brees. Um, You know, and Sean Payton was a very well respected offensive mind before he got that New Orleans job. And and let's remember, Drew Brees was not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. He'd been replaced by Philip Rivers. He had a shoulder issue. It was just not a slam dunk that Drew Brees was going to come in in the same year as Katrina, mind you, and end up turning that franchise around. And uh, that's exactly what happened. And they've done it over the last few years. His last few years, the the Saints were continually operating under the gun from a salary cap perspective, and they figured out ways to make it work, yeah. you know, which credit to Mickey Loomis, the GM, as well. But I, I, there's just a lot to like about Sean Payton. The biggest question is really just, okay, what would the compensation be? Because he's still under contract, or the, the Saints still have his rights because he was under contract when he retired. So uh, is it how much is Sean Payton worth versus the – other unknowns, which is uh, all these other guys who have never been an NFL head coach before. Who would cost you nothing other than the salary you're paying them next year. Yeah. And, and, and Sean Payton, by the way, it, it would be, you know, at least from Cal McNair's perspective, it would be kind of like making a trade for one of these marquee receivers or quarterbacks where you're trading draft capital for the right to pay them probably double or triple what other guys would be making in that instance. I don't know True. that that, I don't know that that matters necessarily to, to like the McNairs yeah. have shown they'll spend the money to do whatever it takes to get this thing in order thus far. Um, but you know, my guess is Sean Payton's going to command a far, a far higher living wage than Shay, than say, uh, Shane Steichen of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that. The biggest competitor in my mind really is the Dallas Cowboys who aren't officially in the mix because they're they're in the playoffs with a coach already. Um, uh, Jerry Jones swears that Mike McCarthy's job isn't on the line. I don't know if there's a single person in the state of Texas, Oklahoma, Hawaii, or otherwise who believes him, but it's uh, I think Jerry Jones would be willing to spend a lot of money because he's he's been the apple of Sean Bain has been the apple of Jerry Jones eye for a long time but the other the other one Sean the other like non-named competitor that you have to worry about is it's not the Raiders themselves but it's the Raiders setting this stupid precedent of paying John Gruden an absurd 10-year contract to to pull him back into the fold. Yeah. So, you know, what what is Sean Payton really thinking? Sean Payton's a better proven coach than John Gruden. Yes. John Gruden walked into a situation in Tampa where it was ready-made and he just had to nudge him over the edge and then uh, he was largely underwhelming after that and he got a 10-year contract with the Raiders. So, uh, is, is Cal McNair willing to go that far for yeah, Sean Payton? Yeah, that the you know, the salary part is interesting. Now, you bring up Gruden the other part about Gruden and his saga early in his career, going from the Raiders the first time to Tampa yeah. Bay, was what you talked about before, the trade compensation. And for those who for those who don't know, Peyton is still under contract in the New Orleans Saints. He walked away from the Saints, but he still had multiple years left on his deal. So until he you know, he he's he wants to get back into coaching, a barrier to that is 
the contract he has with the Saints. So whoever wants to sign Sean Payton to be their head coach is going to have to give something up. Yeah. Back in 2002, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave up two firsts and two seconds to the Raiders to get John Gruden, and it worked. He was able to get them over the top and win a Super Bowl the next year, ironically, against the Raiders in that Super Bowl. Um, I Look, if I'm a Texan fan, and I am, uh, I'm, I mean, there's no chance I want to give up two firsts and two seconds for Sean Payton. And we should point yeah. out the Texans are in a much different spot in their arc than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were back in 2002. The Buccaneers just needed something to push them over the edge. A lot of teams do that, trade two firsts to get that last piece. It's a That's been a thing the last few years in the NFL. Back then, that piece was a coach, and it, it worked out. I, I think the thing I've seen bandied about amongst people as far as debating and it being like, okay, maybe, maybe not, is that 12th overall pick. That pick from Cleveland. Yeah. Would you give up? You already got your number two overall. Would you give up that twelfth overall pick to get Sean Payton? This is where I have a hard time with it, and my favorite is D'Amico Ryan's right now. Of the named candidates, D'Amico Ryan's is my favorite. If if D'Amico weren't there, Sean Payton, just for pure coaching standards, would be my favorite. But there's a part of me that just feels like, okay, you got out of that Deshaun Watson situation with a, a huge bounty of draft picks. And I don't want to say it was found money just because of the seriousness of the situation. I don't want to take anything away from, from all the people involved in that situation, obviously. Um, but I did feel like, okay, things could have been really, really ugly, and it ended up being a lot better than it, than it could have been. You've got all this extra capital. Do I want to just then turn around and – basically reverse a lot of it by saying, oh, okay, I got rid of that known quantity, uh, but now I'm going to take on another kind of known quantity, but but give back a bunch of the draft cap that I got. It just feels wrong. I feel like I feel like you should take that bounty and invest it in uh, something young and fresh instead of just, you know, just sticking in a savings account and getting 3% a year. Well, that's... Actually, I don't know what savings accounts you're paying right now, but uh, like that's... That, that's what it feels like. So I, I don't know. I just I feel like uh, we're more of an upstart at this point. We should be building from scratch, not uh, not not buying our way for extra market share. And the flip side to that is, if this were a year ago, we were having this conversation, and the Texans were in the mix, and the sticking point was the pick from the Deshaun Watson draft. We can now apply a name and say, well, you basically said we'd rather have Kenyon Green than Sean Payton as the okay, head coach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that's the whole thing. In my mind, of course, the draft picks always work out. Right, you got, okay, Quentin, okay. you got Quentin Johnston getting 1,600 yards in your brain right now. Okay, this is the simplest way to do it. Yeah. If a year ago, if the Saints said, hey, we'll trade you uh, Sean Payton for Deshaun Watson, what, what's the acceptable return in your mind? So kind of figure out that return and then subtract uh, with the, the remaining capital that you got from the Deshaun Watson trade, and there you go. That's what we give. So would you have, would you have accepted a f- Sean Payton plus a first-round pick plus the extra, what, second, third? Yeah, they had a couple thirds pick. in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would for you Desha- accept that For Deshaun Watson? Year? Yeah. Y- yeah, yeah. You would have. Okay. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So that means, that means that you would totally give up a, a first-round pick for Sean Payton right now. Probably, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, you get to keep that. If last year you would have traded, okay, we yeah, get, I get Deshaun no, no, I Watson, see, yeah, or the, we, get, we get Sean Payton and a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. No, I so see. you say this year, like, okay, well, we get Sean Payton, and we got to give and, – and if we give them a first-round pick, that's basically the trade we would have made last year anyway. That's the net, yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the net and the whole thing. Yep, yep. 
I, I think I would. I think I would. All right. Um, now, the other big question with the Sean Payton news, and again, if you're just waking up, the Texans have requested permission to interview Sean Payton. We don't know if he's accepted the invitation. What would happen with Nick Casario? This sounds a lot like a scenario that Casario laid out on Monday and that he clarified on our show yesterday. Does this fit the bill when it comes to a scenario Nick Casario laid out there? That is next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday, 713-572-572. 4610. That is the trailer wheel and frame text page. Trailer wheel and frame. 0744. Casario would never hire Peyton. His arrogant ass won't give up power. All right. Well, that's a good jumping off point to what I wanted to play here. All right. So, Seth. Jump we, off, bro. Let's jump off. <laughs> you step off, bro. Um, so, um, Casario, let, let's get a couple bits of audio here. Here was Nick Casario. One of a couple of times he said something to this effect on Monday at his press conference about candidates for the job. And we know that on Monday, um, Casario was, uh, you know, keeping himself accountable, was very, was um, multiple times (laughs) acknowledging the fact that the team is at rock bottom right now. And if they don't get out of there, it's going to be basically it's going to be his ass. Um, But he said a couple of times that if there were candidates in this coaching cycle, that wanted him in a different role or maybe not even there anymore, that he would respect that. 
candidly and honestly as we work through this process. And if there's candidates, they feel that, you know, whether or not my position, that, you know, I'm worthwhile to be in my position. If ultimately the best thing for the organization is for me not to be in that position, then, you know, I have to respect that and acknowledge that. And, you know, I'm certainly not above and beyond anything else. So what I've tried to do is just be consistent on a year-to-year basis, try to do what I believe is in the best interest of our team on a year-to-year basis, our organization. And eventually, like at some point, if somebody feels that that's not the direction that we need to go, I respect that and acknowledge that. And, you know, that's my responsibility. The only thing that I can do is do the best job that I can, try to make the decisions that I feel make the most sense. And that's what I'm committed to doing. We'll have Nick's clarification of that in just a second. But Seth, when I heard that cut, when I was, you know, when I saw him saying that on Monday, the first name that popped into my head was Sean Payton. Like that's uh-huh. that that right, and and we're bringing this Payton up because Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, those Sean two, Payton, those are the guys that are going to have the most uh, big big swinging uh, power as they walk in the door. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> like, mallet. <laughs> so you know, and that goes from it would be it would mean probably Casario stepping uh, from a role where he pretty much had final say over all the personnel stuff to one that would be much more even handed. But one that, frankly, honestly, would be a lot more like what he probably was going to get into if he came here when O'Brien was here. I, you know, I don't if, – if Casario would have preferred to come here a couple years ago when O'Brien first set the wheels in motion, then I think that's the scenario they would have had. So I don't – I think the characterization of Nick of somebody that demands and needs absolute power isn't fair – only because he's been in a situation in the last couple of years where they were clearly hiring for a specific purpose where it was gonna it was a means to an end and that ultimately it was you know who knows how what their plan was for how it would end up but i i think that he i think 2 years ago when or well at least if if he was going to seriously consider coming here when Bill O'Brien was here, I don't think for a second that he thought he was going to have like total control over the roster at that point. I think he, it would have been more of a an uh, equal footing partnership. You're the first person I've heard bring that up. That's a phenomenal point. The uh, you. that, that you're welcome. That uh, I mean, I hadn't thought about that. That this, yeah, that was this. That was the first stab at Nick Casario was with a coach who was already quite powerful in the building, yeah. already there. That's a really really good point. Here was, and the reason we're bringing this up again, if you're just getting in your car, the Texans have requested permission to interview Sean Payton. Um, he, who, who, look, wherever Sean Payton goes, he is going to wield a, a pretty heavy stick, uh, power-wise, we would assume. Now, here was Nick yesterday with us clarifying the statement that you just heard a couple of minutes ago. The point I was trying to make is that I'm accountable for the process and I'm going to try to do a better job of setting up and managing that process. So whatever comes along with that. So I think that's the point I was trying to make. I enjoy my job. I love my job. I love being here. We've got a lot of work in front of us. I'm not going to shy away from the work. I've never been afraid to put in the work. But I think the point I was trying to make is just I'm accountable. And I understand that I have a lot of responsibility. And quite frankly, I haven't done a good enough job. But we're going to look for ways to improve. We're going to look for ways to move this uh, situation forward. And we're excited about the opportunity in front of us. Do you do you think Seth that if Sean Payton were to come here there's a better chance that Nick Casario stays here or is gone? I think there's a better chance that he actually stays here. Uh, I, I I mean I think there's a really good chance he stays here regardless. I thought at the time of the press conference I felt, you know, I, I know, I, you know, you and I and Landry and everybody I I I kind of disagreed with a lot of you guys I think. Um I felt like he was trying to be very careful to show deference to Cal McNair. 
and Cal McNair, who had just gotten up and said he was going to be more involved in the process. I thought it was I thought it was his way of saying, look, if basically if Cal decides he wants me out of here, then that's his decision. But you don't want to you don't want to speak that into existence. You know, you don't want to plant seeds or anything. Uh, I felt like that was I felt like he was just trying to acknowledge the situation. I don't I honestly don't quite get this perception of Casario is an arrogant guy. I don't either. I, yeah, I don't know where that comes from, and I don't know if it's maybe it's just from a lumping into the the Belichick O'Brien uh, family. I, I just I really don't get it. I think that for the most part, uh, yes, he might not. You know, he might not be extremely forthcoming with answers. He's careful and tight-lipped by being, you know, tight-lipped by talking uh, a lot, uh, but not necessarily answering the question. But I've always felt that that was just a strategy of a GM, as opposed to how O'Brien or Belichick might might handle those situations, where when they don't want to answer a question, they could either get belligerent or just not say anything at all. Like, I feel like that's arrogance. That's kind of, like, in, in, those guys could be disrespectful. I feel like Casario is always been very respectful to the people asking him these questions, even if he doesn't want to answer them or doesn't answer them, as opposed to some of the other more arrogant. Like, Sean Payton, honestly. Arrogant, you know? Like, yeah. That, that's, which is fine. Lots of the best football people are, are really arrogant. I just don't I don't see where it applies to Casario. No, I, I don't either. I, I think I think people are kind of mischaracterizing arrogance in that in that case. Yeah, no, look, I get that his answers are frustrating sometimes. Like, he's, he's, he has long answers, and sometimes he doesn't directly – Sometimes, a lot of times, he doesn't directly address the question. Um, but I'm with you, Seth. Like I don't think he, I, I don't think he does that out of a feeling of superiority. I don't think he does it in a condescending way. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on that, on that characterization of Nick. Look, I mean, and even like you said in press conferences, he had some dude at the press conference at the end of the press conference on uh, Monday. Basically, not even asking a question, just firing insults at him as a, in the form of a question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a a question, really an insult as a thinly veiled question. And and Nick made a joke and then tried his best to answer the guy's question or address the guy's concern. Can you imagine if that dude said what he said about I'd never go to Vegas with you? Can you imagine if he did that to O'Brien? Like O'Brien might have flipped over the podium. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. Through the like, uh, you know, and again, I'm not saying being arrogant is a bad thing. I think it's a it's an admirable attribute in some ways, or it's a almost a required attribute to a certain degree for NFL head coaches. But okay, like Bill O'Brien, Mike Vrabel, um, you know, I would say up in in Indianapolis, I would say Ballard is arrogant to a degree, uh, but it's like a productive football arrogance. Whereas Frank Reich, not arrogant. Right. Uh, you know, Tony Dungy, not arrogant, but kind of superior. Like, uh, kind of, I, I always felt, I f- feel like he's judging everybody all the time. Yes. Um, <laughs> As do I. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I wish, I would respect Dungy more if he were a little bit more bellicose in his criticisms of others yes he uh he just kind of he he tries to present some present himself as a as a quiet country preacher and yet uh and yet he's very disapproving and yet i feel this tall after he gets done talking about people yeah Yeah. yeah. all right um speaking of casario he was on with us yesterday Uh, a handful of the biggest takeaways if you're D'Amico ryan's fan i think you come away enthusiastic from that interview um, if you are a C.J. Stroud fan, I think you come away feeling better after hearing Nick Casario on with us yesterday. And certainly, if you're a fan of John Mechie, you feel great after the interview yesterday. We have all that for you next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you, Sports Radio 610. When Sean just made off air. Is, um, <laughs> Sean has a nice article in the BarrettSportsMedia.com. Yeah. Do. I've only gotten through a, a few paragraphs right now. But um, one of the questions they asked you is about, you know, working working with the team but also criticizing the team. And, and the thing that I, like, I can tell nobody believes me when I say it, but I say it because it's true, is that the Texans, amongst professional sports franchises, like, the Texans are very easy to work with while staying critical of them. Like, yes. they, from the, that was one thing that Jamie Roots, I think, the, uh, the former president, the longtime president, was very good about always emphasizing, you know, that, hey, any, like, it basically, the press is, any press is good press. That as long as, you, you know, within reason, as long as you're talking about them, then, hey, that's, that's keeping it first and foremost. As long as you're keeping it within the boundaries of good taste. Um, but it's like, yeah, like the XFL, uh, actually gave us more, gave me personally more pushback than the Texans have ever given me. Back like, in 2020. The XFL, yes. the XFL threatened pulling their advertising because I made a joke about how there are a lot of people following the, like becoming XFL fans just so they could, because they, they're in love with hating their own team. You know, like that's how sports fandom is. It was a commentary on sports fandom more than anything. Yeah. They threatened to pull their advertising because I because I made a joke about people becoming XFL fans just so they could hate their XFL team. It was um, it was amazing. I'm like, this is this is Vince McMahon's company. Like, what the hell? This is how on earth is this Vince McMahon's company? It was crazy. So I I don't anticipate any issues like that now that the the Rock owns it no 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 much better business acumen this guy that's a clown that just sold his company if if anything it would be good for us to get into a back and forth with the rock with that social media platform he has he doesn't you know he's all about positivity these days so he doesn't even he doesn't really engage in any of the old shenanigans even for fun i don't think other than like does he he make what does he make an appearance at a wrestling event like once a year yeah yeah yeah, he'll pop up once a year and and i think people people are hoping he pops up and and he'll even he'll even get involved in a match every now and then but yeah he's he's different now than he was back in the day (laughs) You're saying it. He's like he is like a beacon of positivity, and you're you've got this look on your face, like yeah, it's kind of just. It's not the rock just, I love, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the article. Yeah, Barrett Sports Media. If you're on Twitter, I'll, I'll probably be retweeting it when they post it. But it's it's a good piece. It's a it it. We, I talk a lot about our relationship with the Texans, covering them, and then they they did a 
they did a fairly deep dive on on our show and how we've been doing over the last handful of months too. Ooh. So that's uh, there's some good stuff in there, man. Um, all right, were they, were they were they were they fair to me? Or they they, uh, they very uh, fair to you? Okay, yeah, okay. very fair. I feel um, like ever since Josh and I got into it at the Super Bowl, that there's like a there's a perception of me outside of Houston. <laughs> Oh, this, that this, guy. This wild card. Yeah, like, watch yourself around this guy. That's good. <laughs> like, Keep people on edge, man. That's what you get for defending yourself. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so, Nick Casario, uh, he was on with us yesterday. And if you if you want to go back and listen, we've got – if you download the Pain and Pendergast podcast, as thousands do every day, uh, the interview itself is its own contained podcast. You can find it. Big letters, exclusive Nick Casario interview. Um, I think there were a few big takeaways from that set that should get Texan fans uh, excited. If you didn't hear the interview, this was the first one where we asked him about the perception of the Texans head coaching opening this time around versus the last two times around. What somebody is actually saying versus what the reality is are sometimes two different things. And some of my conversations with agents and representatives about candidates who they're perceived not interested in the job, it couldn't be further from the truth. So when you actually talk to the representative about how excited they are about to potentially interview, this is something that they're encouraged by, that they look forward to. It sometimes doesn't always. So what you're hearing is different than maybe what people are really saying. Okay, so if you're wondering, okay, he doesn't say anything really specific there, Sean, just that there's there's people whose perceptions of the job may be different than, than what's out there. Um, there was a report from Aaron Wilson that D'Amico Ryans was not interested in this job. Yeah. And I think that disappointed a lot of people. If they were to believe that report, it would disappoint a lot of people, including you, Seth, because you just said in the previous segment, he's your he's the one you want to get the job right now. Um, that to me was a, that I don't, if you've been following the news cycle, I don't think that can be any more clear. That to me was, was Nick Casario saying D'Amico Ryans is interested in this job. Yeah. Yeah. That's because uh, there, there weren't any other reports of other people not wanting the job. That's right. And, and I do think too, you know, uh, it's, um, I, people's opinions are colored by much of what guys like Stephen A. Smith or, Who's the one from the – oh, Mike, what's his face? The, the Greenberg? Greenberg. Yeah. Greenberg uh, went off on the Texans and everything. And, uh, like, people's, people's opinions are skewed by these dudes that have not watched a bit of the Texans this right. year, that don't understand what it was like watching a team have five yards of offense in the first half of a football game, all this stuff. Like, they don't, they don't have a clue. And they talk about the Texans like, well, it's a destination that nobody would want to go there because, oh, gosh, they've, they fired two coaches in two years. How on earth can anybody go there? And, and like I told you yesterday, Sean, for one – if, if you're a football coach and you don't think you can do a better job than David Culley, and, and I don't want to be disrespectful of Lovey Smith, but frankly, Lovey Smith hasn't had a winning season in his past eight seasons as an NFL or as a, as a head coach in college of the NFL. Um, if you don't think you can do a better job than those guys, then, then screw you anyway. So um, I think there's this perception that, oh, yeah, nobody wants that Texans job, it's, it's, which is lunacy because, A, Nick Casario is a respected guy. Um, B, the perception that Nick Casario demands and needs total control is just complete bunk. Uh, and I base a lot of that on the fact that he was apparently willing to come and work with Bill O'Brien at one point, and he wasn't going to have total control in that situation by any stretch of the imagination. And C, the Texans, unlike the stupid Broncos, the Broncos have an awful quarterback who's tied to a record-breaking guaranteed contract 
and no draft picks because they traded for that quarterback. It's a mess out there in Denver. So there's no way in hell that that you look at that on paper and say, well, hmm, let's see, the Broncos, the Texans, the Texans have draft picks, a bunch of cap space, um, and a willingness to spend. Uh, the Broncos don't have any of that. Uh, oh, yeah, but the Texans fired a couple of bad head coaches in the last two years, whereas the Broncos fired their coach halfway through the stupid season. Right. Everybody quit being stupid about all this. Yep. I will not tolerate it. Not well, from my listeners. We don't I tolerate, expect more from you. We don't tolerate stupidity. It's one of the things I said to Barrett Sports Media in that article. Yeah, the reason our <laughs> show is doing so well is we don't tolerate stupidity. Um, I didn't say that, but I do believe that. Um, I, the other thing, Seth, and we'll get to this other Casario audio in a second, Guys like Stephen A. Smith, Mike Greenberg, whoever out there is saying that the fact that they fired two head coaches in the last two years is going to somehow dissuade people from taking the job, act like the NFL is somewhere where all these other 31 teams have just been so stable for the last three decades. You pointed it out yesterday. We're like five years removed from the Buffalo Bills being a joke for the last two decades. Oh, and the owner was a moron. The owner just didn't get it. He just doesn't get it, Sean. Right, right. He just doesn't understand pro sports. Is what you don't is what you got to realize, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're the Bills. Okay. Yeah, right. They're now their favorite. They're America's team now, <laughs> yeah, basically. Like are. everybody loves them. I mean, they are people are already kind of very fond of them. And now, after Demar Hamlin, I feel like they are America's the team yep. headed into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's I mean it's 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 very cyclical, and a lot of it has to do with hiring the right head coach and getting the right quarterback. And the Texans are in position to do that. We'll play this one again. We just played it in the previous segment, but I thought this was a big one. Uh, on the heels of Casario's press conference on Monday, where he said, "Hey, I would, you know, I basically said if a head coaching candidate wants me in a different role, then that's something I have to respect." He clarified those comments on our show yesterday. The point I was trying to make is that I'm accountable for the process, and I'm going to try to do a better job of setting up and managing that process. So whatever comes along with that, so I think that's the point I was trying to make. I enjoy my job. I love my job. I love being here. We've got a lot of work in front of us. I'm not going to shy away from the work. I've never been afraid to put in the work. But I think the point I was trying to make is just I'm accountable. And I understand that I have a lot of responsibility. And quite frankly, I haven't done a good enough job. But we're going to look for ways to improve. We're going to look for ways to move this uh, situation forward. And we're excited about the opportunity in front of us. All right. So there you go. Clarification of the comments on Monday. Let's keep it moving here because I want to get to... Mulligetta and Mechie. Um, a lot of folks who are fans of C.J. Stroud or, or maybe have accepted that C.J. Stroud might be the quarterback for this team because the Texans are picking two, not one, uh, may not know that David Mulligetta does represent C.J. Stroud. And if you do know that, maybe there's a concern about that because David Mulligetta was one of the catalysts of Deshaun Watson getting up and out of here. We asked Nick Casario yesterday, how did you leave things with Mulligetta? What's your relationship? Leave things post-Deshaun. What's your relationship like with David Mulligetta? Philosophically, my belief has always been to just try to maintain a consistent uh, relationship with, with agents and, and representatives, understanding there's going to be players each year, and you really don't allow one situation to affect future decisions. I mean, it's not really a good way to do business. So I have a lot of respect for David. David's got a lot of good players. He's had a lot of good players for a number of years now. So you really can't make decisions based off of that. Like you have to look at the player. You have to evaluate the player. Are you comfortable with the player when the player comes in the building? So, and at some point you're going to have a dialogue with the representatives. So the draft is a little bit different because when you draft a player, 
especially in the first rounds. The contracts are pretty much slotted, and you kind of know what that is. But then as you move forward into free agency, so my philosophy has always been never let one uh, situation impact future situations. I think that's just the right way to do business. So uh, certainly not going to dissuade us from, you know, Looking at a player, honestly, it's not fair to that player to eliminate the player based on what some other perceived factor might be. Again, I've had dialogue with David. We had dialogue last year in free agency about some different players. He's he's had multiple players. He had a, okay. You know, can, we we, okay, yeah. we're good, Ben. We you got know, it. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's interesting. It's um, I think you could apply that. You could almost apply that same quote to anybody that works with athletes, um, like whether it's their publicist or their personal trainer, their throwing coach perhaps, or yep. anything, especially in the bigger a star gets or the bigger a prospect gets, there's more likelihood that they're going to have more people around them and that some of those people are going to be annoying and, uh, and that you might not see eye to eye with them. But you got to keep focused on exactly the most important thing, which is, okay, but this guy, this, this athlete could be an asset for our team. Yeah. So whatever comes with it, you're always – in sports, you're always balancing, all right, how much – is this guy worth the pain in the ass? And uh, most of Mulligata's clients simply are. And then you got to – and I, as far as, you know, worrying about whether the guy's going to up and try to get the hell out of there after six months uh, being under contract, I think I, it's just one extra thing you have to manage, I think. Yeah. And maybe maybe a little bit more cautious or perhaps you got to change the verbiage a little bit. Um, but But you can't – let it preclude you from signing talented football players because no. there are only so many of them. It's one more incentive yeah. to have a good football team. Then the guy stays satisfied. Yeah. It's t- if the Texans were good, Deshaun yeah. Watson's not requesting a trade. Now, there would have been all the legal stuff to deal with, but like as far as the satisfaction of the player, be good. It's, it's much different than like choosing not to do business with like one coffee shop. Like, uh, like <laughs> well, I don't like... Yeah, the, right. Ah, the owner there's a real jerk. I'm not going to go to that coffee shop. It's anymore. very different. <laughs> like there's a no. This is you have to imagine that there's only there are only 1,500 coffee shops in the entire country. Yep. And and really only several good ones. So you got to be careful with the really good ones. Like okay, the owner is the basically the soup Nazi, but you know, the the coffee's really good, and yeah. uh, we got to okay. Yep. We'll deal with it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you asked. Uh, I should clarify that everybody. That was a. Um, for the youngsters, that was not like a reference to an actual Nazi no. that I might uh, frequent no. or something. That's no. a that's an old stupid Seinfeld reference. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. Google so it. Somebody it, that doesn't know that reference, that sounds like well, hey, the, yeah. the owner of that coffee shop might be a white supremacist. Right. That's damn not it. The I case. love his coffee. That's yeah. not the case. No, he's just yeah. very stingy with his soup. That's all that yeah. means. Um, John Mechie, you asked Nick Casario about. I was really glad you asked this question about John Mechie. Um, this was great news. If you're a fan, if, really, if you're a human being, this is just great news because John Mechie, of course, suffering, uh, going through leukemia this past year. But if you're enthusiastic about Mechie, the football player, here you go. I'd say there's a chance that he'll be ready for the start of the offseason program, Seth. Uh, I think there's still some things that he has to complete or go through. But quite frankly, it's amazing what he's done to this point. Um not to get into my workout routine, but on Fridays, I went in there in the afternoon and I'd go through a, um, my workout. And John was in there every Friday kind of going through his workout. And he actually looks better now than he did when we drafted him in the spring. Like he's improved his strength. He's improved his lower body strength. His attitude has been great. Even though he's been dealing with 
a lot of things medically, but quite frankly, you wouldn't know. I mean, this kid is incredible. He's a special kid. So does that mean, like, okay, he's going to be able to walk out there and catch 100 passes? No, I'm not saying that. But it's been amazing to watch his progression from when we brought him in, kind of to what he went through over the summer, what he did during the course of the fall. And it's really a tremendous credit to him. It speaks to who he is as a person, and I think it's emblematic of the type of people that we have in this building. So he'll probably have some modifications, Seth. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but at some point, assuming everything goes okay, then I think he'll have an opportunity to participate fully, assuming everything gets cleared. Great news. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, and I was kind of nervous asking that question because I didn't want it to, uh, you know, if there's a, that, that's almost, it's delving into somebody's personal medical situation. It ain't a hamstring. With, with yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so I just wanted to be careful with it. So I was, it was a, a very nice surprise to hear such positive news yep. about it. The, as far as John Mechie looking better than he did when he came in as a rookie uh, or when he came in as a draft pick, I think there is, you know, once once he made it through his cancer treatment and he can start working out again, this is the same thing that you hope happens with Kenyon Green, and you see it happen a lot. We've talked about how, hey, okay, John Mechie goes to Alabama, Kenyon Green goes to Texas A&M. It's not like those guys don't have resources at school, but that first offseason in the NFL, the biggest thing that changes really is that your focus becomes completely and totally on football, or at least largely, you know, other than your family or if you're going to school a little bit or something. Your focus is on football. And more than anything, you for the first time in your life, you've got so much time to recover from workouts. <laughs> like, like the recovery is, recovery is by far the most neglected and yet the most important thing in working out. Like, lots of guys want to work out hard, but the recovery, the, the rest, the, the diet – um, all of that, you can just, you have more time and you have more energy to spend focusing on eating and shopping and doing all that stuff. So the guys that, the guys that are mature enough to handle it, 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 it makes an incredible difference because you're actually, you don't have, you're not running around the campus trying to get to class all over the place. You're not, you're not scrounging for food or eating a, even though you've got your dining halls and everything at college, there's more chance that you're going to, you're a poor college kid. So you're going to eat a gas station burrito at night instead of, you know, something healthy from your stocked fridge. So it just, uh, it, it goes a long way. So, and it sounds like John Mechie, who everybody knew was a very mature kid to begin with, is really making the most of all that opportunity. And, and you hope that's what Kenyon Green does. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So those, those, to me, those were some of the highlights of our conversation with uh, Nick Casario, Casario yesterday. Again, you can get the entire conversation on our podcast page on sportsradio610.com. Just click on Pain and Pendergast. I would say subscribe. To the uh, podcast as well, just to, that that way you just, you get it every day. That yeah, way. because we care about you. We, we do. Want to be sure that you you give, get your fix. Give it to you on a silver platter. We want to spoon feed you our show, and that's what the podcast is for. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you here on a Thursday seven one three five seven two four six ten. People are very very nervous that the Colts are going to trade up to number one and swipe Bryce Young right out from underneath the Texans' nose. History tells us that that might be very, very difficult to do. We will take you through a little history lesson next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 